Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends who are worshiping with us online or on the radio, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. And there on that website, you will find a, a tab there called Resources. Under that Resources tab, you can find the bulletin for today so you can follow along with worship. There's also a tab there called Give, and you can give your offering to the Lord and his work in his church. Today we conclude our summer sermon series called God's Living Water. Our final Bible narrative for this series is from Acts chapter 16. That's a story of the conversion of Lydia at the river in Philippi. Got a, a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship today. This, this upcoming Wednesday is our evening prayer service. Evening prayer is a brief, mostly sung time of worship and prayer that takes place not here in the sanctuary, but over in our prayer chapel. Service starts at 6 p.m., uh, and we invite you to join us for evening prayer this upcoming Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. Next weekend, we are pleased to install Vicar Brett Arismith. He'll be our vicar for this upcoming year. We will hold that installation right at all services that weekend, so we will all be able to welcome Vicar Brett and his family to Chapel of the Cross. A little later in the service today, we are commissioning our LAMP mission team as they prepare to leave this week for their mission trip to northern Canada. Please keep that group in your prayers, if you could, as they serve our Lord and his people in Brochet and Lynn Lake, Canada. Uh, we've listed the names in the chapel weekly of all those who are going on that mission trip so that you can take that home and you can pray for them by name while they are away between the 19th and the 31st. And as part of our prayers today, we will be praying for our director of music, Ryan Meyer, as he has received a call to be director of parish music at Trinity Lutheran Church in Waconia, Minnesota. We ask you to pray certainly for Ryan and Ann and their family for, for wisdom and discernment for God's guidance as well, as well as Chapel of the Cross and Trinity Lutheran Churches during this important call process. Our elder for this week is George Tamazi. George is standing over there in the back. He's going to greet you at that back door as you leave today. Get to know George as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other as, uh, before we sing our opening hymn together.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done and have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by his death on the cross and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated as we sing our gradual hymn together.
The Old Testament reading is from the 55th chapter of Isaiah. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from the 16th chapter of Acts. From Troas, we put in, out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and encouraged them. Then they left. This is the word of the Lord. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated and the children may come forward for the children's message. Morning, everybody. My name is Mr. Mike, and I have a couple of questions for you. I want to know how many of you like to do like running games, like running outside, going as fast as you can. Okay, all right. How many of you like to sing, sing songs? Oh, okay, that's okay, that's okay. How many of you like to color? Yeah, all right. Yeah, there's a lot of fun things to do. How many of you, most importantly, how many of you like to hear all about how much Jesus loves you? There we go. That better be an all hands on deck, right? That's right. 
That's right. Well, you know what? You're not a whole lot different from a lot of children all over the place. And this week, there's going to be a group of people. There's 12 of us, 10 of us from here at chapel and two others from another church that are going to be going very, very far north into Canada. And we're going to be sharing Jesus with a whole bunch of children. Okay? And I've got, a, I've got a few pictures here just to show you that even though these children live very, very far away from us, they're not a whole lot different from us, are they? Look at that. They smile just like you do. And they have a lot of fun. They have, we have all kinds of fun, doing all kinds of fun things together. And you know what one thing they do? I didn't ask you about, how many of you like to swim? Go swimming? Okay. I can't swim. You can't swim? But you still like to get in the water? I can swim with Okay, all right. Well, look. and then I've got one more thing, all right? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, 
we thank and praise you for the, the opportunity that we have to take your love north to the children of the north. And we pray that you would bless our team that goes north, that you would bless the children and their families, and that uh, your light would always shine. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, one more thing, because I'm going to ask you, how many of you like to build things? All right, because you have a chance. Here you go, here you go. Everybody has a chance. I'll show you in just a minute. Let me get these all out. You've made these before? This is, we call these beady babies. Even though this one's not really a baby because look at what it's gonna become. And I'll show you. It's a cross, that's right. And so that's what you're gonna get to make. Maybe with your mom and dad's help or with your older sister or brother's help. Yeah, yeah you can have one. All right, all right. Thanks for coming up and have a Did blessed these week. Have glow in the dark I don't think so. I don't think they're glow in the dark. They kind of look like it. Maybe they are. You'll let me know, right? Well, I know the blue one. Okay. All right. You can go back to your seats now. We continue our worship by singing our hymn Almighty God, your word is cast. Grace, mercy, and peace from our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ, who saves us through his living water. Today, in our final proclamation of God's living water, we see how the Holy Spirit continues to work in building God's church on earth. We have learned that God used his living water in his beautiful home for Adam and Eve. We learned how God sustained his people in the wilderness by giving them water from a rock. We see how God uses living water to heal a foreign country's military commander when Naaman bathes in the Jordan River. We are with Jesus as he shows a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well the living water that will never leave her thirsty. Jesus shows us that following him, we become brother servants when he washes his disciples' feet 
on the night when he was betrayed. We've learned of the message of Pentecost and what is needed to be saved. Repent and be baptized with the living waters of Christ where we receive the Holy Spirit. 3,000 believers were added to the church's number that day, and the church grew through the living water that only Christ our Savior can provide. From that point on, Luke records the rapid growth of the New Testament church through the preaching of Peter and the other apostles. A new apostle was added with the addition of Paul, formerly Saul, a persecutor of the early Christian church. Saul was converted by Jesus himself on Saul's way to Damascus with a new name and a converted heart. Paul and his companions spread the gospel's good news. The second half of the book of Acts, Luke records the missionary journeys of Paul and his mission team as they undertook to share the gospel news with the whole world. While on his second missionary trip, the Holy Spirit sent Paul and his missionary team to Macedonia. And this is the first recorded preaching of the gospel by an apostle on the continent of Europe. Paul and his team set sail from Troas, voyaging to Samothrace, then to Neapolis, and then finally to Philippi one of the leading cities in the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. A little background of Philippi, Philippi. Philippi was first conquered by Caesar Augustus in 42 BC. He established it as a Roman colony and gave the city a special status equal to the Roman cities in Italy. Philippi was primarily populated were retired Roman soldiers, but only a few Jews lived there. The city was much different from the cities that Paul and his team were accustomed to visiting before Philippi. It was typical for Paul when he arrived in the city in Asia Minor, he always found the Jewish synagogue. He started preaching the gospel to the Jews in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Paul would first address Jews and Gentiles that had been converted to Judaism because they already were familiar with many of the Old Testament prophecies about Christ. Paul would use their knowledge of the Old Testament prophecies to show them how they fit Jesus of Nazareth. The problem that Paul had in the city of Philippi was there were so few Jews that a synagogue could not be formed. But that did not discourage the Apostle Paul because he knew where to find Jews who were worshiping. When they did not have a synagogue to go to, Jews had the custom of going to the river and praying at the riverbank. This makes the second mention of water in our story today. And while it was not verbally spoke of, one must have water in order to sail. Paul and his missionary team went outside the city gates to the riverside looking for a place to pray. A group of women prayed there and the missionary team met a woman from Thyatira and her name was Lydia. Her introduction in the reading is quite intriguing. Her home city of Thyatira was in Asia Minor, an area north of Israel, where Paul first traveled with Barnabas on his first missionary journeys. The most important thing about Thyatira is that it is one of the places where purple dye is manufactured. Purple dye was rare during the time of the apostles. It was hard to create and it was hard to acquire because it was very expensive. Lydia had relocated to Philippi where she made an excellent living trading in purple goods. This is because purple goods were worn and used primarily by the nobility, royalty, and the rich because of the price. But God had another purpose for having Lydia move to Philippi, and it wasn't to sell purple goods. She sent Paul to, she sent, he sent Lydia 
to Philippi to meet Paul, the apostle, to hear about Jesus of Nazareth. Luke adds another detail to our story. Lydia was a worshiper of God, a God-fearer. Lydia worshiped the God of Israel. The reading tells us that the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul was teaching her. Paul found someone who already believed in the God of the Old Testament. He taught her about Jesus the Messiah, prophesied throughout the Old Testament. Luke tells us that having heard the word of the good news of the gospel from Paul, the Holy Spirit created faith in Lydia. Now Luke doesn't tell us exactly what Paul said to the woman, but we should be able to imagine. What would we tell someone about Jesus of Nazareth? God made a promise to Adam and Eve after they disobeyed God and plunged the world into sin. God promised Adam and Eve that he would send his son to redeem the world from sin. Jesus' coming was prophesied throughout the Old Testament. God's people proclaimed how he would win salvation from mankind. Believers of God, believers of the God of Israel understood the importance of sacrifice as well. The Jewish requirement of sacrifice at the temple reminded them that blood sacrifice was required to take their place so that they could be forgiven of sin. Jesus, the Paschal Lamb, fulfilled the promise by taking our sins and our guilt upon himself allowing himself to die a criminal's death and suffer his father's wrath for our sins. Jesus died and was buried, and on the third day he rose again, assuring us that death had been conquered forever and that those that believed in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit will be forgiven of their sins and live with him forever. Goats made sheep. Lydia was among the women at the river listening to Paul. She heard Paul's message of faith through Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross, and resurrection from the grave. Lydia was given the gift of faith to believe the message of Paul. Paul gave, that Paul gave the women. Luke tells us that Lydia was baptized, and not only Lydia, but her whole household as well was baptized that day. And Lydia urged Paul and his missionary team to stay at her house. Now, Lydia was successful and influential at Philippi because she traded in purple goods. Lydia was the head of her household, which means it would have included servants, any children that Lydia had, and any children that her servants had. So Luke is telling us that infants and children were baptized in the early church. And it is critical to do so because of the penalty of sin, which is death. Do infants and children die? Tragically, yes, they do. Therefore, infants and children are sinners and need the same salvation from baptism that everyone does because we are sinful by nature, which has caused us to be separated from God. Lydia and her household were the first Europeans to be baptized into the body of Christ. And her home likely became the first meeting place of believers in Philippi and the first Christian church in Europe. Luke only mentions Lydia one other time in the New Testament at the end of the chapter. And this is because Paul and his companions encountered some slight difficulties during their preaching in Philippi. A demon-possessed girl followed Paul and his companions. The demon had given the young lady the gift of divination. She also made her owners a very nice living by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and her companions, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. The young girl continued to do this for several days until Paul drove the demon from the girl. Now, the servant's owners 
were very upset about losing their financial stream and dragged Paul and Silas, his partner, before the city magistrates. And they were beaten with rods and thrown into prison. What do you do when hard times occur in your life? Now, I'm not talking about the little day-to-day -day annoyances. I'm referring to things like a sudden change of health, a bad turn of finances. You've been charged and accused and have to appear in court. How do you respond? Paul and Silas responded by praying and singing hymns of worship, even though they were in prison. God doesn't depart from us when we suffer. In those times of suffering, God expects his children to turn to him, just as earthly children turn to their earthly fathers when they are hurt and suffer. If people know you are a Christian, especially your neighbors, they watch when times go bad for you to see just how you are going to respond. The same was true for Paul and Silas. The prisoners watched everything they did closely, and more troubles did come for Paul, Silas, the other prisoners, and the chief jailer. There was a sudden earthquake that struck the city. The prison's foundations were shaken, the doors fell open, and chaos ensued. The chief jailer, thinking all of the prisoners had escaped, drew his sword to kill himself. Now for some of us, this may seem a little extreme that the jailer would be willing to kill himself just because the prisoners escaped. The jailer was ultimately responsible for all of the prisoners, and he would be punished if the prisoners escaped. There was no one to save the jailer. He would be killed and his property confiscated. So the jailer sought, like many soldiers in the Roman Empire, in order to protect their families and their properties when things went wrong, they killed themselves. Now being Roman citizens themselves, Paul and Cyrus understood the predicament that the jailer was in and so shouted out to the jailer not to kill himself because all the prisoners were still there. When the jailer rushed back to check on the prisoners and found that they were all still present, he fell on his knees, trembling in fear, and asked what he must do to be saved. Paul told him, repent, be baptized, and believe in the Lord, the Lord Jesus, and he would be saved. The jailer brought Paul and Silas to his home, cleaned their wounds, and he baptized the jailer and his whole household, again with water. I mentioned that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. The next day, the magistrates released Paul and Silas. But Paul demanded them to apologize to them because Roman citizens are not allowed to be beaten. The magistrates were afraid, and so they apologized, brought them out of jail, and then asked them to leave the city. And it is here, at the end of the chapter, we see the last glimpse of Lydia in the New Testament. Paul and Silas went and visited Lydia, and after they encouraged the brothers, they departed Philippi. Isn't this amazing? Paul met Lydia on the shores of a river, and she turned out to be a pivotal person in forming the church in Philippi a church to which Paul would later write one of his most encouraging apostolic letters. This is where the living waters come into its whole meaning for Lydia, the jailer, and each of us. The waters of holy baptism, where each of us is adopted into the same body of Christ as the household of Lydia, the jailer in Philippi, Peter, Paul, and Jesus Christ himself sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ our Lord, using water empowered by the Word of, of God, become our baptism in Jesus' grace, washed clean of our sin, and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And because we are joined in the body of Christ, we too enter into His great commission to go therefore and make, make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Again, we see the living water of baptism as we make disciples by baptizing and teaching. As we end this series of God's living water, one final passage reminds us that through baptism, we receive the living water that sinners need to never be thirsty again. We hear from the prophet Isaiah. For as the rain and snow come down from the heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the earth, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing from which I sent it. God sent us into the world with his holy word and the living waters of holy baptism. May God bless our efforts to cover all the children of Adam and Eve with Jesus' grace through his living water so that they never thirst again. May the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds on the living waters of our beloved Savior. Amen. We rise and confess our true faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Congregation may be seated. This time I ask our LAMP mission team to come forward for their commissioning. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, hear what Holy Scripture says concerning the mission of the church and how it is to be carried out. From Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, you are, the light of the, uh, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Fellow servants for the ministry of lamp, we give thanks to God for you and for your willingness to serve and to shine with the light of Jesus Christ to the people in the communities of Brochet and Lynn Lake, Canada. I now ask you, are you willing and ready to assume this trust and responsibility? Yes, with the help of God. Will you endeavor in all things to conduct yourselves as is fitting for ambassadors and servants of Jesus Christ? Yes, yes with the help of God. Will you be faithful, understanding, and loving to the people among whom you will serve. Yes, with the help of God. Almighty God, who has given you the will to do these things, graciously give you the strength and the compassion to perform them. And you, the people of God in this place, will you support these messengers of Jesus Christ sent by God to serve God's people with the gospel of hope and salvation? Will you pray for them, help them, and honor them with your encouragement and your support? If so, answer, we will with the help of God. We will with the help of God. LAMP volunteers, I therefore commission you to serve as volunteer missionaries in Brochet and Lynn Lake, Canada, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, guide, direct, and bless these missionaries sent forth to serve you and your people. Graciously look with favor upon them. Grant them safe travels. Give them confidence and boldness. Uphold and sustain them in any difficulty. Bless them with faithfulness in their labor. And watch over their families in these days of separation. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Lamp team, could you please turn around so everybody can see you? We thank our Lamp missionary volunteers. Thank you all. You may sit down. Actually, stay standing, and when you're out there, we all stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to, to their needs. Gracious God, because of our Lord's holy life and perfect obedience and his death and resurrection, you have counted us worthy to be called your own children. Help us to reflect this gift in lives full of holiness, gratitude, and service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, guide us so that we may be led by the vision of heaven and your glory to speak the truth of the gospel and serve others to the glory of your holy name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, strengthen us by your grace that we may so love one another that we may prove to be your disciples and may show your love to the whole world. We thank and we praise you for the Lamp Mission team here from Chapel of the Cross. As they traveled to northern Canada this week to show your love and to serve your people in Brochet and Lynn Lake, we ask for your traveling mercies, your care and protection, a safe stay in Canada, and your blessing upon the people and the ministry whom they will serve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, we thank and we praise you for those who serve you and your church. We especially pray this day for Chapel's Director of Music, Ryan Meyer, and his family as he considers a call to be director of parish music at Trinity Lutheran Church in Waconia, Minnesota. Bless him with wisdom and discernment, and we ask that you continue to bless the ministry of both Chapel of the Cross and Trinity Lutheran Churches during this call process. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, bless those who lead us in this and every land. Guide us in the pursuit of freedom, justice, and peace for all people everywhere. Bless also the leaders of our synod, district, and of this congregation. Help us all to rejoice in our baptismal calling and in the vocations that you have given to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of hosts, guard and protect those who serve in the military of our nation and those whose vocations lead them to serve in dangerous situations. Inspire courage and loyalty in their serving and keep their loved ones in hope and confidence of your care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Open our hearts, Lord, to receive with thanksgiving all of your gifts. Forgive us for being ungrateful for your mercy and grace. Teach us to be giving people who delight in the work of your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, make your presence known to the sick and to the suffering, the aged and the dying, and bring them peace, healing, and strength. We especially remember this day Joey Totra and Elsie Meyer as she has suffered a stroke this past week. Grant Elsie and Joey and others who are ill or infirm your comfort and sustain them to eternal life in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we rejoice with those who thank and praise you for your good gifts, especially all who are celebrating birthdays, baptism birthdays, wedding anniversaries, and other special days including Shanoa Glenn Hughes as she celebrates her 47th birthday today, Gloria Utley and her family as they celebrate her 70th birthday, and Stephen Marcia Geis upon the birth of a granddaughter, Josephine Ruth Carter, born to Natalie and Brandon on July 6th. We ask, Lord, that you continue to pour out your grace and your blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We stand as we sing our offertory together. Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, sent forth by God's blessing. Mm -hmm. 